Blog Talk Radio. And later simulcast across the country on Blog Talk Radio and BFO360.com. This is Fanatic Radio, America's premier sports music program. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, joined with me for the special World Cup Week 2 show. The creator of NPSoccerTalk.com blog and podcast, Nick Papadis, joins us. 30-minute special episodes every Tuesday from now until the World Cup final. Busy week in soccer, has it been, Nick? Uh, it's been extremely busy, several big results and tons of different matches down there in Brazil. Well, for us, we will have no music break. We'll talk nonstop soccer. And leading up to today's crucial matchup between Brazil and Mexico, but until then, we will recap and pre- recap matches from the past week, preview matches going forward. And we immediately have to start with the United States, 2-1 victory over Ghana, avenging two previous World Cup losses at Dempsey gets America started on the right foot, scoring fifth fastest goal in World Cup history, fastest in U.S. soccer, and then it was just a dismal goal period of a sluggish, slow, outperformed America team has gone through everything but the kitchen sink at us, tied it, and John Brooks was the hero. We've heard everyone, pretty much we've heard every single person in America's reaction. Nick Pappas, we have not heard yours yet. Your thoughts on America's 2-1 win? Well, overall, I think it was a good win. It was an important win. But the biggest thing that I took away from that match was all the injuries. I think it's going to be a little bit of a problem. Josie Altidore going down, uh, several other just little muscle tweaks. I believe Bedoya possibly tweaked a muscle. Um, So that's what I'm a little bit concerned about, even though they did pull off a fantastic win. Yeah, the injury he was mentioning, Josie Altidore in the 21st minute left hamstring. Klinsman has announced today he has given no timeline for Altidore's return, so it could be next Sunday when the U.S. plays Portugal, or he could be out for the entire World Cup. Things that concern, well, things that concern me are the injuries. But on the bright side, this is probably the, the worst conditions the U.S. will be playing in. But then you never know. The next game is in Manaus, in the heart of the jungle, down the Amazon River, where conditions and weather could be just as bad. FIFA.com was reporting that there's 67 humidity, 28 degrees Celsius. I'm no, I'm no uh, meteorologist, but that's that's pretty dismal weather. That's like that's like a, a crisp DC summer for uh, for those listening in the district. But uh, USA gets three points. They uh, sit just atop the group, uh, just three goals behind Germany. But statistics have shown Nick that those that win the first game in the World Cup have easier and higher chances to advance. Should the U.S. relish that, or should they approach the Portugal game once again, as Jurgen Clemson is saying, like it's the World Cup final? Um, I agree with Clemson's comments. I mean, Portugal is a huge game. We have to get one point from Portugal at least if we don't take the three points. Um, Germany beating down on Portugal did help a lot by just seriously hurting their goal differential. So, 
I think it's very important to approach that match with caution, but at the same time, I do think this is a huge confidence boost going into that match. All right, so this um, this Friday, the real the, the uh, full Fanatic Radio will give you uh, the predictions for that. But for for Nick, um, no Pepe red card against Germany and a very frustrated Cristiano Ronaldo. It's almost like we'll see two different we we could see two different Portugal's a team that could internally collapse with the injuries, the red cards, and the frustrating play after getting waxed by Germany yesterday 4-0. Or do you expect Portugal to come out guns a-blazing and take advantage of a U.S. defense that watching the game against Ghana is, is a pretty easy recipe to defeat the U.S.? Well, I think uh, Portugal's going to be coming out hard, but I think that suspension from the red card is going to definitely hurt them. And I also think that just seeing Portugal play, not only in qualification, but playing in their friendly against Mexico where they barely pulled out a 1-0 win, I just don't really see it. I see possibly a draw or maybe even the U.S. edging them after the way I've seen them play in their recent matches. I think we could beat them. Uh, I was saying this before, and, I, and I'll say it again. Portugal, watching them play, they tried to force the issue to Cristiano Ronaldo so many times, and eventually it came back to haunt them because German, German defense was on point yesterday. The U.S. to beat Portugal is, like I said before, there is no different than the, than the Costa Ricas and Mexicos that we played on the road in CONCACAF, or even the European teams that Clemson has scheduled many friendlies against. They're not, their defense is not that good. Their goalkeeper is weak. And it's basically, should you shut down Cristiano Ronaldo and contain Nani on the wing, you're, you're fine. The two things that the USA needs to fix, and I'll get your take on this, before, Nick, before we move on to the other games, is Michael Bradley needs to to have some serious soul-searching between now and Sunday. Because as an attacking mid, and I, I believe he is, the point, he is the top point on that triangle 4-4-2, that guy resorted to the old Bob Bradley, Bruce Arena tactics. Like as soon as the whistle started, he just snapped back into conservative defense mode. Every pass he got was either lateral or backwards. No way he's going forward. It almost looked like he looked scared playing that game. Man, but for the United States... Also, they got to fix something with their defense. Poor Demarcus Beasley, that guy was getting used all on that right side, allowing Asum to, to swing in every ball. They were looking for Gian the entire game. And so for you, Nick, what are some of, some of the things the U.S. needs to fix for a Sunday's match? Well, I definitely agree that Bradley, I would just like him to see, to see him play a little bit more like uh, Kevin De Bruyne played in today's match, today's Belgium match, which is just really aggressive, not overly aggressive. De Bruyne does also check back. Um, but he just, he looked a little bit too settled in. If they're trying to play a 4-4-2 diamond, he was really settled too far in the midfield and not pushing up enough. And I'm, as you mentioned with Beasley, I'm concerned about that against Nani, uh, the Beasley-Nani matchup for Port- against Portugal. Um and also, our center backs, I mean, they, there was just a little bit of confusion, kind of like there was in the last couple matches before the World Cup with those back four. Just don't seem to mesh as well as they could. Yeah, well, of course, you know, Jeff, to be fair, Jeff Cameron and Matt Beasley, if he's healthy, which I'm pretty sure he will, did a great job. And hats off to John Brooks, you know, making his fifth cap. He scored probably the biggest goal of his life. The USA plays Portugal in the house on... Sunday, June 22nd, another game that was in Manaus as we now go back into time for our crystal ball. 
was the Three Lions taking on Italy, and many were saying that, that the field would be such a a disaster, and from TV kind of looked like it. But it was Italy, and uh, my boy Mario Bellatelli coming away with the game winner, much a game similar similar to um, the U.S. Ghana game, in which Italy scored first, and then England struck right back with uh, with Nick's boy Daniel Sturridge. And then it's a sort of a low, but then Italy came right back and stole three points away. So now, much like what Ghana and Portugal are in similar situations in Group G for the England group, they have to win to basically advance. Are you, uh, is Nick a England support? If a big fan of the uh, of England, is it uh, time to panic for Roy Hodgson's squad? I don't think it's time to panic at all. Italy, I believe, was their toughest game. You truly saw what uh, Uruguay was made of against Costa Rica, with Costa Rica just waxing them three-one. Um, so that kind of gives me a boost in favor of England, because Costa Rica I don't see performing the way they did against Uruguay again against the other two teams in the group. And I also just see England. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle with Uruguay, but I think they still could manage to win that one. That is, that is a must-win. They look good, and of course they they're sort of suffering. They were suffering from the cramps toward the uh, the end of the match. But I like that England team. Very a lot a different look than what I've seen in the past. Where they're very offensive-minded, and Wayne and and not being racist, this is exactly what I see on the field. Wayne Rooney is the only white guy in that entire like front line. It's fantastic because the guys like Kenny Welbeck. And you two boys from Liverpool, they bring such a spark and energy to that team that it's almost watching that Italy game. It's almost like, dang, I wish this would have ended in a tie because both these teams are very good. But any other teams that you've seen, Nick, over the past week that uh, are, con- are have uh, big red flags for concern for the rest of their World Cup campaign? Definitely Spain. Spain, hugest red flag I've seen. They got completely dismantled by the Netherlands. Awful match. I see them actually struggling a little bit through the group stage now, possibly. Well, they play Chile, which, no stretch of the imagination, is a very good team. You know, they did play a a fairly weak Australia team who has the Netherlands next. Hopefully, uh, the best comes out for them. Uh, but Chile, Chile, you know, don't they, it was using the South American crowd, which we have seen a lot. Uh, the home field advantage. I could see Chile drawing or beating Spain because every South American country can despises the Spanish. They have a bigger target because they're so the defending champs. Now that target just got so monumental the fact that they conceded five goals is is, is unreal. The team that, uh, for me, that's in the biggest concern um, could potentially... Uh, I'd say it could potentially be Portugal because a lot of people pick Portugal to go through in the uh, in the group. And now Portugal has to focus on getting wins, and they face us, which we have so much, which we have Vice President Joe Biden backing us, so we can't lose now. But Portugal giving up four goals exposed a lot. And now the fact that not only can, if they beat, hypothetically, if they beat the United States, they have to beat Ghana, or they have to at least do something with goal differential, because right now that is on the USA's side, his goal differential, Portugal. But uh, Cristiano Ronaldo completely shut down the other day, 
But it seemed like the other stars did really well. Argentina with Lionel Messi. Kareem Benzema went off against Honduras. Any other big players that um, definitely flex their muscles as one of the world's best? Um, one player that really impressed me was actually James Rodriguez from Colombia when my other team, Greece, just got whooped badly too in that 3-0 loss. James Rodriguez just really showed out and showed that even without Falcao, Colombia can still produce goals. They can still get into attacking positions and still produce a serious threat. Yeah, that's right. Colombia, they were able to uh, pick up a 3-0 win against uh, your Paisans in Greece. Uh, another team that also uh, was, was uh, surprised to me as we'll go to sort of uh, the dark horses, the, uh, the ESPN favorite dark horse, Belgium, managed to come back from a 1-0 deficit to get three points from Algeria, a team that many do should not rest on. And I said this at the beginning when we did our World Cup shows, Costa Rica, winning 3-1 against Uruguay, even though without Suarez, was a, was a big task. And their next game, I believe, is against Italy. So I can I imagine... I I believe that's Italy on the 20th. Against Italy on plays the Italy. 20th, yeah. Yes. That's going to be a good game because Costa Rica, they, they're pretty much, they know they're the underdogs in this group. And the fact that they took it to Uruguay, and I'm assuming we'll do the exact same for their two remaining games, which are two of the best teams in Europe, uh, could be a, a very exciting one. With the exception of the 5-1 win against the Netherlands, what uh, so basically, basically the Netherlands and Germany, the two teams that if the finals were to be now, you'd pretty much like to see in the finals? Um, though I would say that those are two of the teams I'd like to see. I would also, I mean, Colombia, as I said before, was very impressive. And like you said, Costa Rica has shown that they are willing to take on anyone. I mean, playing the number, I believe they were number seven or number eight in the world, and just really taken to them with a 3-1 win. Um, Joel Campbell, who was on loan to Olympiacos, really, really put a lot of pressure. He had a couple scoring opportunities against Uruguay that they didn't even come off. So it, really, it very easily could have been more than 3-1. Yeah, that guy was all over the place. He was, Joel Campbell, the... the forward for Costa Rica, who infamously had probably one of the best celebrations in the World Cup, stuffing a ball underneath his shirt and sucking his thumb like a like a premature child that he is. Scored, I think that was the first goal against Costa Rica, and then it was just downhill. Um, yeah, uh, uh, potential teams. Also, I, I kind of doubted them at the beginning of this tournament, and you know, luckily they faced uh, an awful Honduras team was France. First time those two teams ever met, and Kareem Benzema is was I thought was you know was good obviously playing with Real Madrid it makes him a world class player but that guy that guy's like a bulldog you serve it up to him and he pretty much just took that entire French club on his back you know history and all and did everything he could in his in his might to to pretty much dismantle a Honduras team which I'm questioning why they were even in this tournament. <laughs> But we have uh, some great finishes. We have some blowouts. Um, it's time for the FAC Radio's Best of the Best for Week 1 in the World Cup. Best player that you've seen 
uh, so far the first few games. Best player is a tough one, but I'm going to have to give to Aaron Robin, who completely showed up and was out for blood against Spain in that 5-1 win. Best player for me, I'll, I'll stick by, um, I'll say Thomas Muller for Germany. A 4-0 victory against Portugal. Had a hat trick. Of course, also Benzema had a hat trick. I guess unofficially because goal line te- one has one point for goal line technology. But Thomas Muller is going to be a headache against the United States because he is exactly what a forward should be, someone who is frequently active and um, has a nose for the goal. But every finish is with with just das das uber power from the Germans. Um, let's see, best player, best goal you've seen in the tournament. Best goal. Or yep. Best goalkeeper. Best goal. Um, goal. This one's kind of iffy. I'd say Joel Campbell strike was up there. Um, another good one was. Uh, Uribe's uh, Uribe Peralta's goal against Cameroon, just great tracking and great job following in on the play to get the rebound. My two favorites, uh, I'm sorry, first one and by unanimous vote has to be Robin Van Persie for his spatial awareness and the fact that he just swan dived from the penalty spot to head it over to Casillas was world class. Of course, that's everyone's favorite goal so far. Another one of my favorite goals is um, was the game against was the Switzerland Ecuador game. I don't know who scored it, but that very last play in extra time, where there was a defensive stop in their in their defensive end, and then I don't know the guy with the blonde hair plays with Napoli for Switzerland. Gokan uh, Inler. I think so. He he made he made the initial slide tackle. Picked the ball up, kept going, was tripped, but did with this, you know, Olympic-style somersault and kept run, kept running. Ref gave him advantage. Was able to switch the field and then switch it again for Switzerland to score. So it, it turned from a chance for Ecuador to win to a Switzerland goal in the span of just like a minute was was absolutely phenomenal. And, of course, we still have, we have many other fantastic goals. I thought, you know, Clint Dempsey's goal last night was just as good. Not with the fact that we scored it in 30 seconds, but how easy it was for him to just sort of weave his way through the Ghana defense. And um, Messi's goal, Messi and Neymar's goal, guys that are willing to take shots from outside the 18-yard box, you always have to applaud that. Um, that celebration you've seen in the tournament. Well, Campbell's was definitely up there, but you also have to like uh, – Dancing with the Stars Columbia edition after all three of their goals against Greece. Even as a Greece fan, you say they're the best celebration. As much as I hate to admit it, they do have some style, breaking it down over by the corner flag. Which I'm surprised a lot of other guys like Ivory Coast didn't do any crazy dances. Uh, best celebration for me has to be uh, your boy Sturridge's dance, because I, for one, had never seen it before. He didn't get a chance to watch many Liverpool games. But the fact that he was right in front of ESPN's camera when he did it, I thought was pretty legit. Uh, that's a, that's his trademark. He does that after every single goal. So I got to see tw- almost 20 of those uh, during the Premier League campaign. So. 
All right, with the final 10 minutes of the show, we will go forward in time, looking at future matches, immediately for the one that we are uh, leading you up to, Brazil versus Mexico. Basically, both teams, whoever wins, essentially has enough points to go through. Who do you like in this game? It's going to be a very tough battle because both teams are very physical, good teams. But I think the star power of Brazil is just going to be a little bit too much for Mexico. I see Neymar possibly picking up one or two more goals against that Mexican defense that can at times have some problems. Mexico's defense is very old. They still have Rafa Marquez as captain, who is way past his prime. And we saw towards the end of the Croatia game, even though Brazil started off slow, as soon as they got that penalty kick, everything changed in terms of their confidence and attack. And it's not not necessarily on Neymar's shoulders. I'd like to see Mr. Oscar get involved a lot more. Because he's a very good player. He's a guy that Mexico will be so focused on Neymar. And I can very well see this happening in the United States game. Very focused on their star player. But the casting roles around this guy could turn into several goals. I think Brazil wins 2-0. I don't see Mexico scoring for the fact that even though they did have their chances against Cameroon, Cameroon is not that good in terms of what Brazil could be. Other intriguing matches, we broke down Spain versus Chile. Colombia versus Ivory Coast, Thursday, June 19th. Nick Pappas, you're just as excited for this game as I am in terms of what we saw from both teams. Um, overall, I really want Colombia to take the three points from this one because, as I said already, I'm definitely pulling for Greece and hope they make it through the knockout stage. And if Ivory Coast is able to get even one point out of this game, I think it's a very bad sign for both Japan and Greece. So I think it's very important for the hopes of either of those teams at the bottom of the group to have Colombia win because Colombia is somewhat of the clear favorite in the group. They're the highest ranked in the group. But Ivory Coast looked very solid the other day against Japan with pulling two goals in two minutes. And that first goal came only two minutes after Didier Drogba was subbed on. Yeah, but of course, I feel like that Colombia will strike quicker than Japan will. But it was very weird because Japan had chances. One, they did not get onto the ball enough, which is the reason why they lost. And they almost did it at the United States. They did it at the United States. Too. They got their goal and just pretty much tried to sit on it the entire time. Columbia could easily be Ivory Coast. I don't think Ivory Coast is as good as people saw the other day. Although Didier Drogba changes the entire course of the game when he comes in, much like what we saw from Belgium today when Fulani entered the game. And little did we know, both subs ended up scoring. So that was exciting. Uh, we did mention uh, your boys at England and Uruguay, as Dick Papadis has England defeating Uruguay. Do you see uh, Suarez playing in this game? I think Suarez will play. I wouldn't be surprised if they chose to not start him and sub him on because he is just over the time, the recovery time. I believe the recovery time is three to ten weeks, and he's right at about three and a half weeks right now from his surgery. So I could see him coming on as a substitute. I do see him playing just out of necessity 
because I don't see England laying down after suffering 2-1 loss. I see England really giving it all they've got. Hey, I'm all looking forward to Italy-Costa Rica. We mentioned it at the top of the show. Costa Rica coming off a 3-1 win. Italy also coming off a 2-1 win. This is where Mario Botelli will get his cards because England, not as rough in terms of uh, unfamiliarity with Botelli. The Costa Ricans will see this guy and think he is a hothead and we're going to try to go at him. So Botelli gets his first card of the World Cup, which could eventually cost Italy. I could see Costa Rica stealing this game and potentially stealing the group. Because winner of this most likely has the advantage to go through because these two are both winners facing each other. And that same day on Friday, June 20th, is France-Switzerland, which has other implications of whoever wins the group because France could easily win. I don't think Switzerland was that good of a team. They're very slow. They played down to Ecuador. Switzerland was the sixth best team going into this game. They were so slow, and their only goals were just steady, methodic build-ups, which France, on the other hand, I do not see them happening and could potentially see France winning this game. Another game, and I know I'm going to sound pretty stupid saying this, but after watching them in the worst game of the tournament, could see them frustrate. Iran versus Argentina. Are you with me when I say this could be an interesting matchup? I definitely think it could because Argentina did not look as good as I was expecting against Bosnia exactly. and uh, which Bosnia is a very good team. And Iran, on the other hand, looked very, even though it was a nil-nil draw, they were very resilient. Nigeria does have several good players, and there's Iranian players who I've never heard of. I don't think much any of them. I might have heard of one of them, if that. They played very yeah, there's well. Yeah, there's, the there's two guys in the Premier League. One was for uh, Charlton Athletic and... I think one of them played with Fulham. Of course, obviously, they got relegated, so they, they're irrelevant. Yeah, so I, I could definitely see it. I mean, Argentina, I was unimpressed with. Um, Messi did look very good, but other than that, the Argentinians were just not as impressed as I was expecting. And Iran very much impressed me in getting one point out of Nigeria and holding Nigeria to a nil-nil draw. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's it's the American it's the American Europe you know, star-studded bias. Messi Messi does not, makes Argentina good. Does not make them World Cup champions. Same with Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal. After watching the two games, obviously Messi scored, Ronaldo didn't. But they, they all try to take it through this their one guy, and so they have a lot of the talent on Argentina. You know, Di Maria, but just Bosnia's defense was good. And a good defensive team slows down, you know, a, a, a jittery, ambitious team like Argentina. Of course, I, I don't see Iran scoring. The only way they can hope out of it is a 0-0 draw. Another game that day as well, Germany-Ghana. Ghana, Ghana is a team that could either steal a game away from Portugal and Germany. This could be sort of a uh, an elbow-throwing bloodbath, much like what we saw in Portugal-Germany. I could definitely see it because you've got – just several players. I mean, Andre Ayew's goal was just a beautiful build-up against the U.S., and I think it could kind of catch the Germans off guard. I mean, especially if they decide to start Kevin Prince Boateng instead of bringing him off the bench, that could very much affect the game, especially since Boateng plays in the Bundesliga and is very familiar with some of the German players. 
All right, and we'll get so that, that, so those two matches: Germany, Ghana, Argentina, Iran, Saturday, June 21st; France, Switzerland, Italy, Costa Rica, Friday, June 20th; the Nick Papadis game, England, Uruguay, Thursday, June 19th. Cote d'Ivoire, Colombia, June 19th, and Spain, Chile kicks off this Wednesday. We're leading up to the Brazil-Mexico game, which should start in just a matter of minutes. But now for the final preview, final preview before we uh, we sign off for this World Cup special episode. U.S. Portugal, USA got three points. Portugal does not have their, one of their solid defenders, but a lot of anger building up. Does the U.S. steal another one and advance out of the group? I see the U.S. coming away with at least one point against Portugal. I definitely think without Pepe uh, that they could potentially get three points. Not that Pepe is that dominant of a force, but he's just such a solid defender. So I definitely see that being a little bit of a problem. Injury prone for both teams. It all depends on who Clemson starts as at forward for the U.S., but you'll get my full uh, predictions of that. This Friday, 4 to 5 Eastern on blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio for Dick Pappas, MP Soccer Talk. I'm Mike Gardner. This has been a special World Cup episode. Tune in next Tuesday. Until next time, so long, everyone.